You are listening to the official Scythe Esports Podcast, featuring all of your not-your-everyday gaming discussions. Now here are your hosts. Hello, fellow listeners. This is the first episode of the Scythe Esports Podcast. I'm Daniel Wise, and I'm joined here with... Anthony Williamson. All right, so we're going to be going over a little bit of what's going on here with Scythe Esports. So um, basically, like what this e- uh, what this podcast is about is just the latest updates of Scythe and just open general discussions about gaming and as well as also esports in general. So, uh, Anthony, how's the uh, HGCNA Open Division looking so far? Um, it's looking good. Um, we're right now we're in day two of playoffs currently. Uh, we're going up against Storm. Games haven't started just yet. Um, right now, it's Reborn versus Necro Dancers, but we finished uh, first place overall um, for Open Division. Um, so we got the number one seed. We only dropped one Open Division Cup, so we only lost one cup, and that was to um, Freebirds, and that was before they had lost um, Dark Chimera to LFM mm-hmm. um, for, for Pro League. And so they're kind of a shell of their former selves, so they were maybe someone who could have um, like stood up to us, but uh, we're far and away the best team right now for Open League. Yeah, it's a real sh- sorry. Uh, it's a real shame uh, what happened with Freebirds. I was actually watching them yesterday during the during the tournament during the opens, and they were actually putting up quite a bit of a fight. I believe it was against a uh, Storm. They yeah. actually came close to uh, to top uh, to finishing them off. Uh, they had a one win against them, but uh, in the end, Sizestorm wound up winning the wound up beating them and then moving on. Uh, but I actually saw them really trying to grasp on and hold on and just battle back a lot against Sizestorm. Uh, however, yeah. I remember what you were telling me about that they have been, you know, a shell of them of their former selves in a sense. They were a lot more competitive. They were a lot better. Uh, what exactly do you think has uh, changed the the tides a bit with that? Um, like I said, it's mostly just them losing Dark Chimera. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he he went over to um, LFM Esports um, in Pro League, so they needed another player. Um, they picked him up out of uh, Open Division, which is a great opportunity for him, right? Because he goes right into a Pro League team. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, Bypasses Crucible, obviously, like, you know, it's a little disheartening for the team. Obviously, they've lost one of their best players. Um, and then that kind of, you know, I feel like hurt their uh, motivation uh, just because of because of that had happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was why they're just kind of a weaker team at this point. But uh, like you said, they did put up a good fight. But I think um, if they can get it figured out, they still have an opportunity here um, through the lower brackets. They still can come out. Um, they just got their work cut out for them for the, for the rest of the tournament. I totally do feel that they will eventually get back on where they were. I think that the big thing right now is just really trying to relearn and try to regroup themselves and then basically proceeding onward from there. Uh, obviously, losing a big player like that, that really does... Yeah. It's really a big damper on your team, but I'm pretty sure it's something that they could oversee and just basically try to find a you know a whole new player or uh, just try to practice and just regroup themselves. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. So the player that they had uh, replaced Dark Chimera was Caesar Salad, mm-hmm. who actually was previously playing for Scythe Esports, who was their um, fifth rotation before Elheim um, came over and, and started playing with them. So kind of weird how, like, Caesar Salad was playing for Scythe Storm, you know, comes over to um, Freebirds, and then, but, you know, they obviously don't win with him. So, like, it's kind of, like, disheartening for, you know, on both sides, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was basically just losing a team member and then having them switch over. And mm-hmm. pretty much just seeing that happen, it was disheartening, as you said before. Uh, basically, it can also work in the opposite in the opposite way as well to, for, the op- for, the, uh, for the team that lost the player. 
uh, in a yeah. sense, because then they actually see that they now they have to start working harder and start figuring out a new strategy. And in a way, like that change actually can help them persevere more. Yeah, it can. Well, so far, I think that a lot of the teams have been pretty top-notch with competition. I was watching us go up against Necro Dancers yesterday, and we had pretty close games against them. Um, yeah, I mean, we still finished them 2-0. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, actually, Firm Handshake actually did take one game off of us. Yes, I saw that. Um, and they did the uh, week prior to in, in Open Cup 2. So, I don't know if they've just got our number in like like in a certain matchup or, or what was going on with that. But, obviously, we were still able, still able to pull out the win. Um, I'm so very confident in us. You know, I think we're going to beat Cystorm today. I think we're going to go... <clears throat> I think, honestly, we could probably go undefeated um, all the way into the finals. Um, if not, maybe we lose one match, but I don't see us going down into the lower bracket at all. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you with that. I actually remember that the commentators have made the comment that <laughs> we're actually unstoppable so far, and I remember actually hearing yesterday that we're really the Grim Reaper of the team So, um, in the Open Division, it seems. Yeah, we're the team, obviously, to beat. Um, obviously, we've won the most games. We've got the best lineup right now. We've got the scariest players. Um, it was really flattering, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and our, just hero pools is, our hero pool is very deep for what our team can play. Like, the week prior, we saw them run, like, uh, against Cystar, and we saw them run, like, a tankless composition with um, double support. So something that's not, like, in the meta at all, um, but something that we can just make it work just because we're so good. One character that I was actually seeing quite a bit yesterday that I believe Necrodancers was using and it worked for them pretty well was Greymane. What exactly do you think, uh, how how does Greymane really work with their build pretty well um, exactly, would you say? Greymane's a really good, I mean, he's picked. He's going to be picked almost every single game depending on who you have as your tank because basically he just has such good abilities that he can tear apart um, your squishier, your squishier, um, the squishier heroes on the on the enemy team, but then he also has different um, his different abilities. Like he has an, an alt called Curse Bullet, which um, can really uh, eat away a tank's health and bring them down quite a bit. So he can pretty much eliminate um, high health targets like very quickly. So he's a really strong pick overall. Um, he's he's played he's played pretty much in every matchup uh, at the moment. He's still a very common pick almost every game. He's definitely a very fearsome hero, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um. Coming up, what we have is the uh, Crucible, and I remember you actually told me and explained to me what it was. Uh, maybe you can explain for our listeners. Yeah, if you're not familiar, it's basically like the relegation matches. So basically, the the top um, two teams from the open leagues, ourselves, and more than likely ourselves, and then one other team, um, will have the opportunity to play in a best of. Uh, I think it's either a best. Of, I think it's a best of seven series um, versus the lower two teams for the pro league, and we'll have the opportunity to switch places. So if we're able to beat. Um, I'm not for sure. It's still close to, the, I believe, who the second place team is going to be, but I believe No Tomorrow is um, the lowest ranked team right now. So, um, so if we're able to beat, say, like No Tomorrow, we would be able to swap places with them and compete in the pro league for the following season for next year. That's actually really exciting. Would getting into the pro league <clears throat> concern you at all in the beginning? Not really. I mean, I knew like with who we had picked up, I knew it was a super, um, uh, a really big possibility of us being able to get in. Um, they were super close last season at getting in, um, choked a little bit, but I think we've grown a lot since then. Um, our team manager, Jenny's put in just an absolute ton of work with the team. Um, we've been scrimming hard. We've been beating, um, better teams in hero league, um, or in pro league for our scrimmages. And so if we can take what we've learned through those games and apply that, I think we have a really, a really good chance at, uh, uh, being competitive in, in, uh, the pro league. 
definitely seems like the hot steam is suited up pretty well. Uh, we yeah. also have some uh, other some other big news for our other teams, especially for StarCraft Two. We have some pretty big signings. Uh, so what's the uh, number one signing that we got so far? So yeah, so our biggest signing to date right now was um, signing Zest out of South Korea. Um, currently playing in uh, GSL Global StarCraft League. Um, he just won his last match um, versus Stats. It was a PvP. Uh, was able to come back on a 3-2 uh, for 3-2 uh, for the win. Um, he's playing again this Saturday. Um, he'll be playing versus Maru, who he lost to last season in the final. So he made it to, to the finals last season and got totally bopped by Maru uh, 4-0. Um, the, the, the entire series took less than 45 minutes. So, but hopefully Zest can take what he's learned in, in that matchup and then um, have something ready here and prepared for Maru. So how many times has Zest gone up against Maru? Was that the first time and this is going to be the second time, or were there other matches between the two of them? I mean, over the course of the years, I mean, they played each other many, many times. So Maru basically was the one that walked away with the most victories in a sense, or was it the other way around? Um, I'm not for sure offhand. I mean, I could mm-hmm. find out if we really wanted to know what, the, what, their, um, like what their overall matchup is against each other. Yeah, I was wondering if they were like maybe like old school rivals or something along those lines. Seems like I mean they, they've, yeah. they've been competing against each other like for for little years. So, oh yeah, I mean, so they I'm, definitely have at, each other's numbers. They've got they've got hundreds of matches against each other, so like like one hundred percent like they're they they know they they know each other very very well. <laughs> oh exactly. Yeah, those are the matches that really make the most exciting to see between two you know two people that just know each other pretty well, like their their uh, their strategies, their plays. And then just trying to see like how they think through stuff, and you know, it just gets really intense in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have some other pretty big events coming up. We have a uh, DreamHack in Montreal and Austin. So for we have two games. That's for uh, Hearthstone and Brawlhalla, correct? Yeah, for StarCraft Two, Hearthstone and Brawlhalla, correct? Oh, and StarCraft as well. So yep. who do, um, who's actually going to be competing there in StarCraft Two? Um, for StarCraft Two, we'll have our other bigger pickup for this year, which was Cham, mm-hmm. um, who's the second best player out of Mexico, um, plays Zerg, highly competitive. I would I would go as far to say he's one of the best players to never have gone to Korea. Most players some, at some part of their careers have gone to Korea for training and stuff. Um, he's probably, like I said, he's probably, I, I would say, the best player uh, to date foreigner that has not gone to Korea for training at all. Nice, so, nice. So he's got a really good opportunity, and that's something we might even do next year is get him out there um, to get him even playing at an even higher level. Oh, yeah, especially more more exposure abroad. would, uh, And especially like in Korea, too, because they I've seen their StarCraft League there, and they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty intense, <laughs> um, especially mm-hmm. seeing like how people like Zest play as well as some other Koreans, uh, Korean people that are also players, gamers uh, in StarCraft. They are really intense, uh, and just how like they have just decimated certain opponents from the US as well as from other countries they just are on a completely different level it's it's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah there's two there's two foreigners that can really like i mean any foreigner has been you know there've been foreigners that have been able to take games of koreans and won sets and stuff um and even won you know korean based tournaments um but the the two highest ranked foreigners right now are going to be Neeb out of um the united states and Cyril out of finland um uh, Neeb is gonna play tonight, actually, for GSL versus TY. Um, and if he this he's he's only the second foreigner to ever make it to the to the um into the semi end uh, of the into the semifinals before. Um, prior to this, it wasn't done. It hasn't been done since 2012. Oh, really? Wow. 
Um, and the, and the the person who did it was twice. It was, they did it two seasons back to back. Um, it was uh, his name was Liquid Jinro, um, a Terran player from back in the day from uh, Wings of Liberty. So it hasn't been done in a super long time, and so but uh, he's got his work cut out for him. Um, Ty is a uh, a really really good player. Would you say that there has been an increasing amount of people that are foreigners that have taken, or at least placed that, if not taken the entire tournament in Korea in StarCraft? Um, th- there's not been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so far there's only there's only there's only been two that have really been able to take major tournaments over Korean players, and that's Nabe and Cyril. Exactly. Uh, one thing that I've actually was thinking about was perhaps and Scarlet uh, actually. Gotcha. Um, one thing that I actually was consider um, thinking about before was I think a lot of players that have placed in these Korean tournaments. For example, they have traveled all over the world. They've matched. Uh, they've gone up against people with. Um, from different countries, and they have also seen various different strategies from various players from you know countries in Asia and um, possibly Europe as well as also Canada. So I was actually kind of thinking that maybe these people, uh, you know, maybe people in other countries have a completely different way of doing strategies that maybe people in the Western countries aren't too familiar with, and that's how they often stick us, you know, and like they, how like they're so good. So I was wondering if maybe do you think that it's possible that uh, these people travel, um, that these players, these gamers travel abroad to these foreign countries and pick up their strategies and then kind of like use that against them as well as their other opponents in the West to really just uh, vamp up their competition and get even better than they were before. Um, yes and no. Um, in, in reality, it's actually the opposite way, uh, way around. Mm. Typically the foreigners play a more uh, different style than the Koreans. The Koreans play a pretty standard style. Um, relying heavily on their uh, macro mechanics and then um, relying heavily on their micro rather than the strategy itself. Basically just being able to make it work um, regardless of, of what the opponent is doing, if, especially if it's a foreigner. Um, where the foreigners do sometimes take games from Koreans is because they're playing a very off style and maybe the Korean player isn't prepared for it, um, doesn't really know what's going on and doesn't really have anything planned for that specifically. And sometimes that can actually be their downfall. But um, but no, typically when players go to Korea, it's, it's just a play against... Um, the uh, it's the foreigners go to create a play against the Korean players, um, who have that better macro micro play and just need to be playing against them consistently to to understand, um, how they can adapt their own game to to be better. Mm, I see, I see. Because I know that one of our participating, uh, contenders in, I believe it's going to be in, uh, DreamHack Montreal is Teebs, and she has actually competed in Taiwan not that long ago in Hearthstone. Uh, so yep. that was actually just something that I was. Uh, thinking about was maybe she's picking up some different strategies in Taiwan that possibly could help her lead, you know, lead forward into victory in Montreal. Uh, I understand that she did she did pretty well in in Hearthstone um, in the tournament in um, in Taiwan. Uh, so how how do you think that she's looking to go into Montreal this time in, at DreamHack? She she hasn't had the best season this year. Um, I think this is going to be the the turnaround point for her, though. Mm-hmm. She did really great in 2017. That was a real highlight year for. her. Um, kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, but I think um, once we get going here and now being a part of the team, I think it's really going to energize her, and I think she's really going to show up in Montreal this year. Yeah, I definitely think so too. I, I I do agree with you. It wasn't like the best season, but I think in relation to how you know like a lot of other people, she she's doing okay. I think that you know she'll pick it up, and hopefully DreamHack will actually be her turning point where she'll really shine a lot more and then it'll just be uphill from there uh she's was like a little bit stagnated, i'd say uh, in her performance but i think that dreamhack's gonna be i, I really do feel like dreamhack's gonna be her um 
her, her moment to shine in a sense. Yeah. Uh, we I mean, have, the, meta, yeah, the, the meta's changed a lot this season too. I mean, there's been um, new packs unlocked. So we'll see how that comes into play as well since we just got a new pack here not too long ago um, for an expansion. So we'll see how that kind of plays into everything. Interesting, interesting. So that new pack, uh, what type of strategies can you see coming from that? Um, I'm not really an avid Hearthstone player. Mm-hmm. It just it just brings in new cards, so things that just haven't been utilized prior. Towards so it's, it, it's just going to be new things that people haven't seen. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, then we also have our other competitor at Brawlhalla, Tiffany. And... She is what, what was again like number five, uh, number fifth rank globally in in Brawlhalla. Um, I haven't checked it lately. Um, for not too long ago, she was ranked number one. Oh, number one v one for number for one v ones and two v twos overall as far as like their competitive ladder. Um, she's just coming off of the championship for um, summer champions, and then she also just won. Uh, oh, she didn't win. She got second place in um, the Masters League. Um, which just ended uh, just this last week, um, finishing only second to Boomy, who's like the most winning player right now. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, she's definitely got a good chance with her with her with her two v two partner um, to show up here at at DreamHack and then potentially even get first in both. Like she's got the talent; like she could definitely pull it off. So this game Brawlhalla, it's kind of similar to Smash in a sense. Um, it's a yeah, because it's a two D platform. It's a two D platform fighter, so it's it's a side you know side to side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, y'all, you, you pick a character. The difference is there's there are weapons involved. Each character gets um two signature weapons that they use. So whether where in Smash there's no weapon usage and Brawlhalla it's very important for the weapon usage. So it's different in that, but um aesthetically it's about the same. It's it's a similar it's a similar style. Well, in Smash, I uh, so in the tournaments there's no weapon usage. I remember that they have like weapons drop and appear during the matches, but they're banned in the tournaments, correct? For Smash, yep. Uh, okay, but, uh, but the during, uh, during... special matches. Uh, sorry, the sp- uh, sma- the special smashes or finishing smashes. Those are still allowed, though. Um, finishing smash is like for the new Smash Brothers. Yeah. So I'm I'm not for sure how they're going to incorporate um that yet. As far as the rules, I haven't heard anything for what they're doing for that. If they're allowing it, if they're not allowing it, I'm not for sure what's happening with that yet. Gotcha. And I saw a little bit of gameplay of Brawlhalla. It seems like it's very uh. I don't know, like, the words to really use here, but it's a lot of jumping around. Um, I mean, not that, like Smash doesn't have that, but it seems it's uh, kind of almost even a bit more quicker paced than Smash at some points, how you have to really be... Uh, because, like, I've seen the competitors at the game, and they're just bouncing all over the screen, trying to get the weapons to use against their opponent. And it's actually pretty fast-paced, uh, if not just um, more faster than Smash, as I just said before. But, um, like, what would you take on that? Like, do you think that this is, like, a strong suit of Brawlhalla and eSports, just being, like, really quick and really fast-paced in a sense? Um, Yeah, I mean, Brawl is super fast-paced. I think that's what attracts people to it. The matches are pretty quick. Um, but the fact that they're so interesting, too, like, there's different mechanics that Brawl uses that um, that doesn't... Um, that doesn't happen in Smash. So, for example, in Smash, you've got a shield. In Brawl, there's no, or yeah, in Brawlhalla, there's no shield um, ability. You do have a, you do have a dodge that completely dodge, you know, any attack. Uh, but you only use it once until you hit the ground. It's got a three count jump, so pretty similar to to Smash. Um, it resets once you hit a ledge. So there's a lot of edge, there's a lot of like ledge guarding and stuff in the game too. So they 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 play it very similar. Like if you're a Smash player, you could probably uh, pick it up like pretty easily. Interesting. So would you say that's a big potential Brawlhalla in esports. I I have to say, like Brawlhalla, it wasn't like really 
uh, big name that came to mind in you know competitive sport and uh, competitive uh, video game uh, competitions. But do you think that because of the similar com- um, uh, the similar uh, metrics, uh, sorry, the similar um, like combat system and controls that it has from Smash Brothers, do you think that uh, that might actually get some uh, Smash players to go into Brawlhalla more and like basically just boost up the name in esports? It's possible. It's possible that we see some mid-tier Smash players want to try to come over to kind of make their own name since the game's so young. Um, if they haven't quite been able to make a name for themselves in Smash, maybe you know they think they might be able to make a name for themselves in Brawl. And that goes for any fighting game, really. Um, if you put in the work, you know, like I said, it's not too hard to transition your skills over. But there are, you know, there are big differences. There's going to be things that you don't understand right away. So it's all kind of like that ebb and flow. Gotcha. All right. So all this sounds really awesome. Uh, that's all the time that we got for today. So be sure to tune in next time for more Scythe Esports podcasting. Thanks, guys.